Today I woke up thinking it was Monday, but it was really Sunday. So I'ma sleep in until the blinds bring the sun in. Always up to something, but today I'ma chill. Somebody hit that snooze button. I could worry, but it don't make sense. My future's bright, tell me who needs pastin'. So I'ma sing my song. If you wanna sing along, here we go. I'm not gonna worry, be anxious, things that I tell myself You never let me down and you never will That's why I stay forever chill, glory still to be revealed When they ask advice from me, I just tell them to keep it real They say comparisons, the thief of joy, don't let them steal Today's gonna be a good day, can't help it, that's just the way it feels Sparrows not worried about tomorrow or the troubles to come. The lilies not thinking about the seasons, the drought or the flood. The tree that's planted by the water isn't phased by the fire. So why should I leave? Cause you take good care of me. You take
401C, would you please rise for our first song? love than this than to lay down your life for a friend and that's Jesus he laid down his life for you and me so we can have life uh, in heaven but also life right now and I'm glad that you've chosen to come today to worship whether live here at 1c or online glad that you're here may God bless our time together want to especially welcome our guests we're glad that you're with us in worship uh, we'd like to get to know you and so there's a couple ways to do it. One is you can go out uh, to Next Steps in the family gathering area and we'll meet you, greet you, and give you a gift. But you can also text 1C Guest to 94000 and that would let us know that you're here and then you can ask your questions and we can give you some answers. 
Also, we're going to be having a time of prayer in just a little bit. So if you have a prayer request, a prayer of concern, a prayer of thanksgiving, if you would like that to be known, you could text those prayers to 402-242-5051. Or, again, if you're on Facebook Live, you can put it in the comment section, and we will include those prayers today. Also, a little bit later, we're going to have Holy Communion, or the Lord's Supper. And if you didn't get the elements for that yet, you can go back out into the family gathering area by the kitchen window, and maybe during the next song you can get it so you can have that ready for a little bit later. But here at 1C, what we believe regarding this, this gift God has given, we believe it's, yes, bread and wine, but also the body and blood of Jesus for forgiveness. So if that's what you believe, we'd love for you to join us in this celebration of God's grace for us. Also, just to let you know that as we continue this sermon series entitled 40 Days of Prayer, we are going to be praying for breakthroughs. Places where we want God to show up in a mighty way and, and perhaps change something. Change our heart, change our life, maybe even change a circumstance. And some um, I know some of you, you're going through life's journey, and boy, sometimes it's bumpy, and you just, you need God to, to show up, and he will. Uh, the greatest way in which he showed up is dealing with our sin and brought forgiveness for all of us. Um, there's a table right outside the, the doors there where little pieces of paper, and if you have a breakthrough that comes to mind, and it could be financial, maybe it's a health concern, maybe it's a relationship I mean, not sure what that means to you. Feel free to put it down on the paper and put it in the box. Don't put your name on it. Eventually, we're just going to post some of these up, and we're going to keep praying as God's people for God to do his thing. And he is so faithful, so loving. So may God continue to be with us as we worship him, as we celebrate his love for us.
There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. Sing it again. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. Help me believe, Lord. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no shadow you won't Boys and girls, have you ever played bingo? You don't have your bingo voices ready. Have you ever played bingo? Yes, yes you played bingo. All right. Well, you get a card like this, right? And then you wait for somebody to call your number, and then you mark off that, that box. And when you fill a row up and down, left or right or diagonal, what do you yell? Bingo. Yeah, you yell bingo because you're excited, you won, you won a prize, right? That's a good thing. It's a fun game. And we're going to play bingo, but this bingo is a little bit different. This is prayer bingo. And, um, you know, we're going to play it differently because Jesus did things a little differently than we do in this world, doesn't he? And Jesus came into this world to, to serve others, to reach the lost, not to win a prize for himself, right? So in this bingo, we're not going to wait for someone to call a number so that we can mark it off. Because we know that we've already been called to share Jesus' love with our neighbors. And so this free space in the middle is your home. Now you probably know the people in your home, right? Your family, who you live with. Um, but these other empty spaces are for you to write in your neighbors' names. So this space to the right would be your, your neighbors who live right beside you to the right. Or your neighbor to your left, neighbor across the street, neighbor behind you diagonally across the road, and so on. And parents, you might have to help your kids with this. And actually, this is for everybody. So adults, if you didn't get one, if you don't have kids and you didn't get one, grab one on your way out. Make sure that uh, you fill this out also. Now, if you don't know the names of all your neighbors, that's okay. Because you know what? This is a perfect time to find out. You can actually go and knock on their door and step back, social distance, or whatever you feel comfortable with, and say, hey, we're praying for our neighbors, and I'm sorry, but I don't remember your name. Introduce yourself, learn their name, and say, we're going to be praying for you. Is there anything specific we could pray for? And then you can write it down, and then once you get your entire card filled, what do you yell? Bingo, yeah, and you can celebrate because you met your neighbors, you know your neighbors, you're going to be praying for your neighbors and trusting that God is at work, and he's going to do something in their lives because you're praying for them. Right? And then maybe your neighborhood doesn't look exactly like this, right? Maybe it's not perfectly laid out in a grid. And that's okay because we actually have a lake across the road from our house. And as much as I love geese and ducks, I'm not going to pray for them, but I'm going to write another neighbor's name down on that one. Maybe one that lives two or three doors down in that box so that we can be praying for them. And so when you get your card all filled out, Put it on your refrigerator or lay it on your table. That way when you get together for a meal as a family, 
You can pray for your food, but you can also pray for those neighbors who live right around you. And we expect God to do great things. All right? So will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, help us to meet our neighbors, to pray for them often, and to share your love with them. Amen. All right, boys and girls, have fun playing prayer bingo. song reminds me of an Old Testament story. Uh, There was somebody named Job who had gone through all kinds of circumstances, very devastating ones, a loss of life of loved ones, loss of property, and um, we'll just say income. I mean, a lot of things were going on. And yet, when some people were trying to encourage him, some said, curse God and die. 
But Job wasn't going to do that. Instead, he made a profession of faith that I think is inspiring for us today because some of us might be going through a lot of whatever moments that are really big. Job said this, I know that my Redeemer lives and in the end I will see him face to face. One of my favorite titles for Jesus is Redeemer. It means he comes into our life, he comes into our moments, he comes into our whatevers, and he says, I've got it. In fact, he went onto a cross and died for the sins of the world and all the whatevers so that we can have life and peace and joy. So I want to take you on a journey of prayer. We're going to talk to God about some of that sin and the whatevers in life, and we're going to ask him to remind us of what he did about 2,000 years ago and what he wants to do today. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning, and there are a lot of whatever moments. And we know that sin is, sin is so real. Yes, it's in this world, but it's also in our life. And we know that if we were left on our own to deal with this sin, we would be lost forever. But like your servant Job, give us the faith to believe, to know that you are our Redeemer, to know that because of what you have done on a cross 2,000 years ago, we're going to see you face to face. And we're going to have peace and joy like nothing else. So Lord Jesus, all our sin, all our whatevers, we're going to give to you. And we know that you have taken care of it. And we are forgiven because of your grace. Thank you again. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So hold on to that truth. He is your personal redeemer. He understands the whatevers of your life. And he's going to love you because he said he would. And he'll be with us always to the very end of the age. Amen. Tonight I heard my song 
Pray for his old man Made me come undone It made me understand That only you can bring my heart back home Oh, 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 oh. The power of a prayer continue now with the celebration of, of the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. And so if you have the elements, if you get that out at this time, one of the things, you know, that I just really ponder about is Jesus in that upper room about 2,000 years ago. I was wondering what was on his mind. You know, he knows what's ahead of him. He's going to be betrayed, right? He's going to be put to death. But he was also thinking of the disciples that were right there with him. He also was thinking about the disciples, you and me, today. And he wanted to give a gift that would strengthen us and encourage us and forgive us and to give us the power to be able to keep living. So our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would, take the bread and take and eat. This is the body of Christ given for you. And if you would, take the wine or the juice and take and drink. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the invitation to come to you in prayer. Because when your church, when your people pray, well, things get done. And so we lift up to you today these requests that have come our way. A prayer for a son, that guidance in faith for God's journey for him would just be made more and more evident prayer for my mom and her boyfriend that they can find suitable housing that it would be near the medical facilities that they need a prayer for Alex to keep her from delivering her baby too soon keep both mom and baby safe a prayer Jesus that as the presidential transition begins to happen that you would come and bring calm to our nation. Jesus, that you would watch over the medical personnel who are caring for COVID patients. And Lord, place a hedge of protection around me, my family, my friends. A prayer of thanksgiving that my cousin Heath scans for his cancer. They're showing improvement. And continued prayers that the treatments continue to work that he is fully healed. Prayers for my children to make good choices and decisions as they navigate through their teenage years. And Lord, please ease my daughter's anxiety. A prayer of thanksgiving for my wife who recently had a great result on her recent cancer test in Omaha. And Lord, a prayer for Joe who is fighting COVID. And so, Lord, we come to you to say the prayer as your people that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven,
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And may God give us such a faith to believe. Those last words especially of the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to tell you a little story. It uh, goes back many years. I do have permission to tell the story because it has to do with my wife, Kristen. Um, I always tell her and my kids, if I ever use a story, I'm going to talk to you first, and then I'll share the story. This goes back many years ago when, oh, I'm trying to think if it was 15 years ago, maybe 20. Uh, she was a 20-hour-a-week uh, receptionist at the church in which I served. And so she would be the front line, and she would be answering the phones. And for those of you that know me, know that I could have some fun, sometimes on the expense of other people. So one time, I called up the church, and I disguised my voice. Hello? Is this my church? And then Kristen, just trying to figure it out, um, Yes, this is, uh, this is Hales Corners Lutheran Church. Oh, that's really good. I was wondering, do you have any Bibles there? And she said, well, yes, we have Bibles. Do you have any that have a red cover? Well, yes. Could I, could I have one of those Bibles? And Kristen just doing ministry like she, she does. Sure, you can have a Bible. And then this is the one that probably gave it away. If it's too heavy for me, could somebody carry it for me all the time? And all of a sudden she caught it. And she knew who she was talking to. Now, mind you, if she knew who she was talking to in the beginning, my guess the respect meter and the, it would be going down. And she would be like, okay, what do you want? But when she thought it was a, a little old lady, she was treating the phone call much differently. So that's actually the theme that we have today. Who do you think you are talking to? And it really does matter, right? Think about it. Who you are talking to makes a difference. And as we get into this 40 days of prayer, and we're talking about uh, prayer is really a conversation with God, right? Two-way. We talk to him, he talks to us, and and we're blessed because of it. Who you think you're talking to is going to make a big difference. In fact, um, let me put up this quote. Uh, your understanding of what God really uh, is really like shapes everything else in your life, including how you pray. And I've talked about many different ways to describe this God, right? But I remember growing up, I went to a Lutheran grade school, all right? I didn't go to church a lot, but, you know, my parents would send me off to school, and I'd hear all this stuff. And I am sure that no teacher, no pastor ever taught me this, but somehow I came to this conclusion that God was some grumpy old man that's looking for a reason to keep me out of heaven. And his finger was out there, and he could catch me at every turn, because I, I was very naughty, all right? But now, over the years, I have learned about God to be a different kind of God. He's not this grumpy old man trying to keep us out of heaven. Rather, he is earnestly looking with a sense of love that he sees Jesus in us so that we can come into heaven. And I'll tell you, that is a difference between night and day. To know that the God of the universe, powerful enough to make the heavens and the earth like this, and powerful enough to send us into hell is also loving enough who really wants you and me to have faith in Jesus so we can live forever. So I hope you've come to know that yourself. I hope you know the God of the universe loves you so much that he sent his son 
and that he is a good, good father. In fact, we'll be singing that, you know, at the close of the service. A uh, beautiful song and a beautiful message. In fact, uh, let me give you a scripture from Psalm 100. The Lord is always good. He is always loving and kind. And his faithfulness goes on and on to each succeeding generation. I pray that that's the filter. I pray that God gives you that faith to believe that there is this God. He is so attentive and so in love with you that he wants good for you. And that's how he operates. He doesn't want bad. But isn't there a tension going on? I mean, I don't know about you. We, we see all this bad going on, whether it's in our personal life or in our country or in our world, and we're like, why does he allow that? Because if God is only good, if that's all he knows how to do, it's because of his nature and character, why does bad happen? Simple question, but really hard to understand. It's this thing called free will. I always say free will is the second greatest gift God has given to us. The best gift of all is Jesus, all that he's done for us so we have life and eternal life. But free will, God's plan so that we're not just robots, that we, we have, a, in a sense, a choice instead of being forced to do things. But because of sin, your sin, my sin, the sin in the world, that free will gets us into trouble. It causes us to, when God says do this, we do that. It just is our sin. And as a result of that sin and that free will, that's why we have bad in this world. Choices that are made by people like you and me. And yet we still have a God who pursues us, who's got this good right here, and he wants to give it as a gift. He wants to bless us with this good so that we can experience his grace. So we're going to look at a couple truths and some more scripture. Hopefully it's going to turn our hearts and minds and lives to be thinking differently than maybe we've ever done before. So let me take you to num number one. God's plan for my life will always be good. Jeremiah 29, and maybe you've heard this uh, maybe you know the entire scripture. I know what I plan for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. My plans will give you hope and a good future. And when you call to me and pray to me, I will listen to you. And it's that last portion I just want you to understand. I know when I get into trouble is when I don't go to him. I know that I get myself into trouble when I don't listen to his word and his direction for my life. And so we're told in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, God loves it when we come to him. And he has intended from the beginning of time for good and blessings for us. But there are times because of our free will, we don't go to him. There are times because of our old Adam sinful nature, we do our own thing. And we miss out on some of those blessings. So God is encouraging us in his word to go to him. In fact, when we take a look at Romans 8.28, it's a, um, maybe a familiar verse for some of you. We know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So God's intent, God's desire, God's plan is to bless us with one blessing on top of another. He wants to experience his peace, his joy, his love, his blessings. And he's got a storehouse of them. And he's ready to work together for good. Even when we go through a tough time, God wants to work some good. All right, number two, God always gives me what I need, not what I deserve. And so here's another Thielen story. You know, when you have a bunch of kids, you have a bunch of stories. Uh, this goes back to when one of my kids, who will name uh, nameless, was about five years old. And um, I was going to go to Walgreens, and when, you know, because I, I'm gone a lot at church, whenever I do something like that, I bring one of the kids with me so I can spend time with them. So we go to Walgreens, I'm doing my thing, and my son, he goes over by the toy section. And after a little bit, he comes back 
with the goofiest, stupid-looking toy that I've ever seen. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you even have it. They still make them. I saw it. Where you squeeze it, and the eyes and ears kind of pop out. I'm like, I don't get this. And so I told my son, no, we're not going to get it. It's not worth anything, no money at all. And you could tell he was dejected. I said, go put it back. We need to get going. So he goes back around the corner. I do my thing. We go to the grocery, uh, the, to the, um, the line, and I'm going to pay for what I came for. And we go home. I'm doing my thing, and my son goes down to the basement. I walk downstairs to get something. And as I'm walking down, my son's hands go like this. I said, let me see what's in your hands. He's smart. He's like me. He takes the hand that it's not in, holds it up, and goes like this. I said, I want to see the other hand. So he takes it out, leaves the thing behind him, and goes like this. And he looks so innocent, so cute. I said, please stand up. So he stood up and he looked guilty, as can be. And this is a, um, what, do you, what do you call those moments where, you know, parenting, we don't have a really an instruction book, so you've got to kind of go on the fly. So I said, all right, let's do this. I want you to take that toy. I want you to come with me. We're going back to Walgreens. Ooh, you could tell, you could feel tension building. So we get there. I tell him to stand there, just wait for me. I go over to the manager. And I tell the manager, you know, I'm trying to teach my son you know, important things. And, and he took this little stupid toy. But I want you to tell him that he was wrong and he shouldn't do it. God doesn't want him to do that. So the manager said, okay, I'll do that. So I walk over to get my son. I grab him by the hand. We're walking. I have tears already, okay? The manager already has tears already. So we go up and my, my son holds it up and says something like, I took it or something. And the manager could barely get the words out, but did honor my request and said, you shouldn't do that. That's wrong. God doesn't want you to do that. Go put it back. And so he puts it back. More tears are flowing. You know, we just see everybody moved by this. And then we're getting ready, and we're walking out. We're getting to the door, and I stop. I said to my son, I grabbed money. I gave it to him. I said, I want you now to go buy that toy. If you ever want to see a confused look on a five-year-old, that was a moment. He just went through a very traumatic thing, and now his dad is saying, here's money. I want you to have it. Wow. So he gets it. We go home. We sit down. And, and this, is, this is the point. If you've been waiting and wondering where is the point to this? I said, this is kind of what God does for us. We sin, we fall short, we do things that he's not happy with, and when we're sorry, he forgives us. And he, in a sense, buys us back and brings us back into a relationship. So I want you to remember that. You don't deserve this. You haven't earned it, and yet this is grace. The funny thing, we'll just say a half hour later, the thing breaks. It's like, end of the story. So let me give you a, a couple Bible verses, to hopefully to, to calibrate you. Um, Psalm 103. He has not treated us as we deserve for our sins or paid us back for our wrongs. Instead, in his goodness, he has taken our sins away and removed them as far as the east is from the West. Now, we don't know which psalmist wrote this. This is one of those that they have more questions about. But just picture what this psalmist understood. There is a God who doesn't treat us like we deserve. And I don't know. It could be Moses. It could be somebody else. But just picture what that means. Then he takes that sin and he brings it as far as the East is from the West. And we don't even know what that means or looks like. But it's a big distance. It's not held against us anymore. Or how about Psalm 27? 
Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. My enemies are waiting for me to fall. Yet I remain confident that I see the goodness of the Lord while I'm living here in the world. Now Psalm 27 is one of David's psalms. And just think about David's storyline, right? He sinned against Bathsheba. He crossed the line. Uh, King Saul wanted to kill him. I mean, there's a lot of things going on that he could recount and look at, but instead, he wants to look at the goodness of God. He wants to remember God's character and God's magnitude of love for him. All right, number three. God put my good above his own good. Now, we, we could think about that, right? We know that he died on a cross. Wow, he was willing to do lots of things. I remember growing up, my parents had a picture of a shepherd and sheep. And the, the setting of it was in some kind of cavern. And it bothered me because I, I was looking at it, and, and, and they were looking like they were walking into a, a very dangerous cavern. And the shepherd was in back of the sheep. And I'm like, well, what if there's dangerous things ahead? It just didn't make sense. Then finally I read a book that talked about shepherding. I think it was Philip Keller, if some of you have read that. Great book, old book um, about um, shepherd and sheep. And I, I, it got into the fact that, you know what a shepherd will have done? They have already gone ahead. They've looked and scoped out everything to make sure that what's ahead is going to be safe. And then the shepherd will go in back of the sheep again and watch the sheep because if one is in trouble, he can then see them and then respond. Ah. So the shepherd actually puts himself in risk going into these places to take a look. And then I thought about Jesus, right? He went before us, as in into Jerusalem, and then up on Golgotha, right, the place of the skull where a cross was. He went ahead of us to take the danger of sin and death on himself so that we can have life. He has our good in mind over his. So let me share with you. John chapter 10, known as, uh, this is the good shepherd verse. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. They know me and I will sacrifice my life for my sheep. And just look at the, the pronouns. I hope that stands out. You are his personal sheep. And he wants you and loves you and will put your good ahead of his own. And isn't that what God did himself, right? Sending his son, his only son to come to this earth because he wants us to be with him forever. And then Romans 8, verse 32. Since God did not spare even his own son but gave Christ up for us all, won't he now also give us everything we need? It's all about the character of God. It's not about you and me. It's about his love for us. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. But this is how God works. We are the object of his love, and it's evidenced in everything that he's done. All right, number four. He does not say yes to every request. Now, once again, I... I I talked to Kristen about this. Um, some of you know our journey for 12 years has been asking God, okay, what's going on with Kristen? And, you know, um, we, we finally got an answer, but we still are praying, God, can you please heal remarkably on this earth? And we know it's going to be a healing in heaven, but it's like, right now, right now, can you heal her? And we're not getting an answer. Or maybe we are. I ran across a pastor, you know, if you remember last week, I talked about how God answers prayers, yes, no, or not now, right? This other pastor defines it in four different ways, and I thought it was kind of cool. Some of the answers I don't like, but he answers it sometimes no, Sometimes he answers it slow so that we would put our faith and trust in him. Sometimes he answers it grow so that we would grow in our faith and however he answers it. 
And, and, and again, he's just an, an amazing God who wants to bless us. And I'm, I'm trying to think of number four. Anybody remember from last service? No, slow, grow. Oh, go. Sometimes he answers, go, green light, going to bless you. Yes, you're good to go. So we hold on to those because God is going to answer and he's always going to do it in a way. Remember, he puts our good ahead of his own. It's always going to be for our good. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 11. This is Jesus speaking. He talks, talks in a figurative language that I think is pretty powerful. You father, if, if your children ask for a fish to eat, would you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you, as sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So he steps into our life, he steps, us, he steps into our world and says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit so you can have faith to believe I am going to do good things in your life. Even if you don't see it with your eyes. I'm going to give you the faith so you can hold on tightly even when you're getting the no, slow, grow, or go. He is going to be at work. How about Isaiah 55 as a reminder? God says, my thoughts are completely different from yours and my ways are far beyond, behind anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I hope we believe that. That's where, let's ask God to give us such a faith to believe. He always knows what's good. And he's going to do good in our life. And he's going to use it. All for the purpose of number five. He invites us to live with him forever. If you can put this little filter on, this is, I, I believe this with my whole heart. He is going to answer your prayers in a way that will cultivate you and me to be a kingdom citizen forever. He is going to use the circumstances of life, the mountaintop experiences as well as the valley moments, he's going to use that to cultivate in you and me kingdom attitudes that begin now and will last forever. So, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Our Lord Jesus Christ and the God of our Father who loves us has given us by his grace an everlasting encouragement and a good hope that will last forever. May this encourage your heart and give you strength for every good thing you do and say. So, 40 days of prayer. And really... We're told to pray without ceasing. So not just 40 days, but it's to be the fabric of our life. It is to be woven into what we do. Not just when we're in trouble, not just when we're thankful, but every moment to go to him because he wants good for us. And he is very um, capable of weaving the good into our life at every moment. We have an opportunity now to boldly profess what we believe about this God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, as we use the words of the Apostles' Creed. So I'd like to invite you to stand at this time, and let's declare this goodness of God. Together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Receive now the blessing from our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
everybody go in peace and serve the Lord. You are perfect in all I woke up.